Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Welcome, Jeanette Linfoot. Thank you, Amy. It's lovely to have you here on this bright, sunny morning. Indeed, isn't it glorious? So, multiple business owner. And tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I haven't always been in this place. So, at the moment, I have three businesses in my portfolio, which is really exciting because great variety and um, I love the entrepreneurial aspects of that. So one of the businesses I have is my board advisory business, um, where I work with corporate clients, private equity clients, mainly on mergers and acquisitions, but also strategy, business development. And then very often I will take an ongoing role with those businesses post-acquisition. So that's one of my businesses. Uh, the second business I have is my property investment business, which is with my lovely partner, Chris. Uh, where we invest primarily in Manchester. We have properties in the South as well, but mainly Manchester is our focus area for some ongoing growth. And then the third business I have is my mentoring business, which I absolutely love. So I work with you know a whole range of different people, really. And that's all about unlocking their potential and supporting them through their journey um, and and just really being able to be there as a compassionate friend, but at the same time to give structure and encouragement and motivation and, and sometimes to kick up the bum that we all need um, from someone that's not so emotionally close to us. So I really love the, uh, the business mentoring side of things. So that's kind of where I am now. Uh, but previous to that, uh, I spent most of my career in the corporate world. Um, so I've made that jump out of corporate into entrepreneurial so I had 25 years in the travel industry the last role I was doing was as the CEO of the travel division for Saga so I ran four businesses within that and then prior to that I was managing director of the emerging markets for TUI where I bought ran sold businesses in crazy parts of the world Russia India China Brazil you name it a very international role and uh, yeah so that's kind of been a very snapshot summary of my professional career if you like but as you can tell I'm a northerner I'm a Mancunian so I'm a come from a very good solid working class family and uh yes yeah, so here I am today. And how did you find yourself in the, t- the travel industry? Well it was interesting actually because I did an economics degree way back when my god it's so long ago now it feels uh, it feels like another lifetime but uh, I did an economics degree which was great because that's sort of you know quite a broad um, area which you can apply in multiple multiple fields. So my first proper job actually was as a government economist in Whitehall. And I did the classic northerner where I said, oh, I'll go down south for two years, three years max. And then 25 years later, I'm still here. So I did that for a couple of years and, and it was a great start to sort of professional career. But I just knew it wasn't, you know, the grey suits of the civil service weren't really for me. 
And that was the point, really, that I then jumped into the travel industry uh, as a graduate, actually, on a graduate training scheme at Thompson way back when. So this would be, gosh, this would be about 95, 96. Um, so that was that was cool. And then from there, I just got a real passion for for the travel industry and for seeing the world and the different cultures and and just the joy it brings to people, really, you know, holidays and what that means to people. So, yeah, absolutely loved it from there, really, and then stuck stuck in that space for quite some time, as 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 uh, you can tell. So you enjoy travel. What what what's the what do you love about travel? You know, I mean, for me, it's around learning, exploration, different cultures. I'm just fascinated by the world, really, in general, and and just how that can inspire you to think differently, to broaden your perspective. You know, I think to be in awe of something when you're traveling is just the most magical, uh, you know, thing you can feel, really. And so to have had the opportunity to sort of, you know, have my career in that space, as well as traveling from a personal perspective, it's just a real passion. And, you know, I think that variety that it gives you and the different perspectives is is fascinating. And did you have the opportunity to sort of immerse yourself in the culture when you're traveling with work? Because quite a lot of people who do travel with work literally go from sort of airplane to hotel to to um, the, the office that are in that particular location, back to the hotel, back to the airport. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's never as glamorous in reality as it sounds, you know. And I think sometimes when I would be away on business, everyone would think I'm just on holiday, right? And uh, that was most definitely not the case. And in particular, you know, when I was heading up the emerging markets for two, you know, my weekly commute would be to Beijing or to Delhi, you know, Monday to Friday. And it's exhausting, you know, 12-hour flights, eight-hour time differences, all of that stuff. So you're right. It's not always the most glamorous. And sometimes you can feel like you literally do see the airport, the hotel, the office, and then and then back again. But nonetheless, you know, what was always really important to me doing business in those parts of the world is to is to really understand the culture that you're you're working in and to be respectful for that. Because what you often what you often can find is that where sometimes um, businesses maybe from the European perspective, they'll go into a market like Russia or India and think they can just apply the same approach. And the business environment is totally different. The customers, most importantly, are really different. And you need to understand the cultural background to allow you to have an affinity to your teams um, and the customer as well. So I always tried very hard to to spend time as well, you know, and listen a lot. I would always do cultural training for my teams, for example, if we were going into a new area. So just to really equip people um, and respect, in particular Asia, you know, it tends to be quite a more of a hierarchical approach. Uh, so loss of face is is a really big thing, which actually isn't really something that we think about from a European perspective. So yeah, I I was always fascinated about that and to to really be respectful for the local environment. And what kept you engaged for twenty five years? Well, I was lucky, really, Amy, because during that time I wasn't in just one organisation. You know, I, I've worked for some of the best um, travel brands that you'll you'll be aware of. You know, Thompson, First Choice, Thomas Cook, uh, Tui, Saga. You know, so I, I've had a lot of variety in my roles, and and I guess I started off 
with the variety of being on a graduate scheme, which kind of gets you a flavour of business overall because you move around. And then I've progressed very much on the commercial side of running a travel business, which is, you know, obviously high pressure because you're trading, you're focused on the customer as well. But then my career evolved and I then, you know, when I went into the emerging markets, it was much more around mergers and acquisitions, joint ventures, corporate finance in a different environment. So I've just had a lot of variety. And, and as a sector, you know, it, there's a, it, you're prone to so many different um, influences. No, no year is ever the same. No country that you're sending you know customers on holiday to is the same so there's so many different dimensions that it just always you know kind of kept my interest for that time so I always really loved uh, my time in travel and did you use your econ- um, economics much yeah absolutely. I mean that's just business you know so so where I, in particular I think as I progressed through my career to the point of having full P&L accountability and it, you know obviously that then really comes into its own um, you know, and, and I think from a, any business, whether you're a small business or a larger business, you're always kind of conscious of the macroeconomic environment you're, you're operating in and the outside influences, as well as running the business on a day to day basis to, to make sure that, you know, you can get growth coming through, that you've got a very solid cash flow balance sheet. So all of those, I guess, early learnings from my academic career. Yes, they came in. I, I wouldn't say I sat there and felt like I was uh, you know, applying an economics textbook because life and business isn't like that, is it? But it was just kind of inherent, really. So, yeah, it was useful. Yeah, always useful. And what has made you or why have you now become more of an entrepreneur? Well, you know what? I think I got to a stage where I'd really loved my career and I'd always enjoyed the roles I've done. You know, you will hear people a lot say, oh, you know, I hate the corporate world or I want to leave my job. That was never the case for me. I was always very, very lucky and and felt very fortunate. But I also reached a point in my mid-40s where I thought, you know, I I really wanted to take a, a different path, not to move away exactly from everything I'd done, but to just broaden my perspective and for me, at that point, I, you know, and it's very topical that we're, you know, the purpose of this podcast is focused on your why. You know, I definitely took some time at that stage to really think about what's important to me in life and what do I want the next phase to be. And, you know, I've always enjoyed the entrepreneurial aspects, even in the corporate. You know, people think corporates aren't entrepreneurial. They are actually very entrepreneurial. You have to be to survive in business. So but I really like the idea of having a portfolio of businesses that gave me more flexibility, more choice. I wanted to be my own boss. I also wanted to be able to leave a lasting impact in, in this world. So just really taking that time to think about what was important to me then sort of guided me, if you like, Amy. But it, it wasn't a light, lightning bolt thing, you know, with an absolute direct path. I'm going to have three businesses and these are what they're going to be. It sort of emerged and evolved over time um, and grew organically, really. But those those were the main things, just wanting to to be um, one, live the best life I can, be the best version of myself I can. And I knew there was more that I, I could achieve and, and had the potential for leave a lasting impact on this world. And and also, you know, to, to be able to, to give back. And, and it's interesting because I think when you do take that time for yourself, we don't often stop and just think. 
you know, so often we're so busy with our lives and our businesses that we don't take stock. But having the the luxury of the time and the space to do that has definitely helped me in terms of the next phase, really. So it's fantastic. I feel really satisfied and happy with where I am in life. And when you talk about a lasting impact, firstly, who is that for and why is it important for you to do that? Well, there's two things really within that, um, Amy. I think there's there's one around uh, family and and legacy from a sort of a personal perspective. Um, I've got two older sisters. I'm the I'm the youngest of three, um, so my sisters have have been fantastic. And I've got five nephews, two nieces, two great nephews, and a great a great niece. So our family is expanding, and I'm very incredibly close to my family. Um, so for me, I really want to leave a lasting legacy for my nieces and nephews I like the idea of your my impact continuing for generations to come so so that's sort of more of a personal um, impact if you like in terms of our family in terms of the wider impact I am sort of fascinated really about the potential that people have within them and to be able to support people, as many people as possible, to fulfill their potential. And in particular, you know, I work with men and women, and this is where the mentoring really kicks in. But if I can help even one person fulfill their dreams, live their dreams, and and be the best version of themselves, for me, that is so rewarding. And in particular, from a sort of female perspective, you know, I've always been the only woman in the boardroom, for example. And I just think that there's so much untapped talent in this world that to be able to unlock that and help people live their best versions of their lives, for me, is massively um, you know, inspiring, really. So that's around the broader legacy, if you like, which is not related directly to my own family. I genuinely care. And if I if I can help other people because I've been down a certain journey myself then that's fantastic. And how are you going about bringing sort of more women to the boardroom or more people to reach their potential what is it you're doing? So through the mentoring I mean there, there's a whole host of stuff really Amy but the mo- at the moment I'm focusing primarily on, on, on the mentoring side of things and it's interesting because you know there are seven billion people in this on this planet was well, probably more now actually you know by default half of them are women but what you tend to find is that um, for a whole variety of reasons you know women don't necessarily reach the higher levels of organizations and when you know coming out of university it's pretty 50-50 between men and women so why is it then that you know if you look at say large listed companies FTSE 100 companies only less than 30% of board directors are women. And that just feels inherently wrong to me. And, and certainly in my industry, you know, when you actually look at that, that's that's 6%. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a shocking statistic. So I guess it, I've got a lot of direct experience myself, which means, you know, I know exactly what it's like to tread that path. So through the mentoring, very often it's around applying some of the tools and tricks that I've kind of put into place my own career progression to help those particular women fulfill and and, you know progress in their careers or their businesses there's a whole piece around mindset as well uh, self-belief 
is, you know, and this is the same for men or women, actually. It's pretty much a common theme that I see with the people that I work with. But very often we put blockers in, in, in our own minds and, and men and women are different. They're not better or worse. They're just different. But as women, very often we will um, restrict ourselves uh, for a whole, whole variety of reasons, you know. So, so a woman would look at a, a job description, for example, and there might be 30% of, of the requirements that she's not had direct experience of and she'll hone in on them. Whereas when a, a guy looks at the same say job specification he won't even worry about the 30 percent he hasn't done he'll say oh, I can do 70 percent I'm just going to go for it so there's a whole piece around self-belief and mindset and encouraging women to really realize that they can be just as good as a man you know and uh, and really unlock that potential so there's lots of techniques that I will use and put in play but it's always a very individualized approach because we all have different backgrounds you know, a lot of us suffer from the old imposter syndrome can kick in. You know, that's quite a common thing. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel like I belong. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's a combination, really, um, Amy, of, of sort of my own direct experience and applying that in, in a relevant way to that individual, but also helping them see their true potential in themselves and really giving the encouragement and support on the mindset side of things. Have you always been this self-aware and, and known your own potential or have people helped you on the way? Oh, God, no. I mean, it's come over years, isn't it? And, and that's the thing. I think when you get to a certain point in your life, you, you, de- you generally feel a lot more comfortable in your own shoes. And, you know, for me, sort of being mid-40s, I think this is a brilliant age because you've got the experience behind you. You are more self-aware. But God, no, it wasn't always like that at all. You know, I mean, I've been very fortunate that I've had some amazing people to support and help me along the way, whether it's coaches, mentors, compassionate friends, you know I think the people that you spend time with can really make a massive difference to how you develop as an individual I mean I'm really lucky because I've got the most amazing supportive partner in Chris you know he's he's my number one fan he's also he can be you know my number one critic as well so we have very honest conversations and I think you need that in your life and I, I've had lots of people through my journey that have really either supported, um, inspired and just helped me hold a mirror up sometimes. I think that that's what those kind of relationships can do, just so that you do understand yourself more as you as you mature. So uh, but it comes with time, doesn't it? And experience. So what do you spend most of your time doing right now? Uh, so a mixture, really. Um, I tend to tend to try and focus on five key areas, if you like, in, in my normal everyday life, living, whatever you want to say. Obviously, there's business. Uh, that's one thing. And, and that clearly splits into the three areas that I spoke about before. The second one is um, self-development. You know, I'm a voracious reader. I, I love I love a good book, you know, whether it's business book or an autobiography or you know fiction for a bit of escapism you know so I'm a voracious reader I love the whole developing my own mind really and and just sort of the exploration of that so self-development is the second one the third one um fitness and and sort of health and well-being is really important to me I um I'm a big believer in exercise you know I, I probably train most days um 
and it that's obviously got a physical benefit but it's also for the, for the mind as well I find I get my best ideas when I'm running or you know whatever so, so for me that's that's a core part of my everyday um, living then there's family of course family and friends and, and making sure that you're you're enjoying the time of those that you love the most and kind of giving back you know even if that's just something as simple as I know maybe you've got an elderly relative that lives on their own, you know, just picking up the phone and saying, hi, just checking in, you know, or it could be something bigger than that, more philanthropic from a charity point of view or, you know, so I think to give back is, is kind of nice. So, so I tend to split my time, you know, in those five areas, not always equally split, you know, sometimes business is all about business and sometimes, you know, the other things aren't exactly in equilibrium and balance. But I think those are my focus areas, if you like, Amy. And what brings you the most joy? Oh, gosh. You know, I think it's progress or feeling like you're making an impact. I've got this big, big thing around. I, I want to make sure I don't waste my time on this earth. We only have one life. And, and I really feel passionately about, about progress and helping people and really enjoying the moment. So it, it's not just one thing. I'm not just sort of the person that's just a steady Eddie, you know, I, I like, I like change, growth. So when I'm at my happiest, I, there's nothing nicer than when you've, you've worked with someone, let's take the mentoring side of things, where someone who has maybe started out with quite, you know, lacking self-belief, confidence, and then you work with them and you can just see them blossom and shine. I, I absolutely love that. Um, and I get a lot of satisfaction out of, out of that. But equally, you know, if you have a particularly challenging business um, initiative or something to get off the ground, that's great, isn't it? It's such a, you know, if you have a big task, um, I really get a lot of joy when you kind of crack it and you go, yes, I've learned something and I've really pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And how do you manage to combine the progress, the desire for progress, but also manage to live in the moment? Because I find that hard. Yeah, it can be hard, can't it? And I, and I think that that's the, that's the thing. I mean, if you're a driven person, like I think you and I both are very driven around wanting to improve and grow, sometimes the danger of that is that you're so focused on what's next that you, you don't stop and, and celebrate the small wins. So I'd say it's something that I, I definitely have to work at every day. Um, and it helps, actually, if you've, you know, if you if you've got a partner like Chris is brilliant at being able to say to me slow down just enjoy the moment so I think if you've got you know if we're all the same it'd probably be quite dangerous <laughs> but if you if you've got a nice combination of, of a relationship that's helpful and I think it's it's also just at this at this moment in time as well it's just slowing down and and blocking a bit of a bit of time for yourself you know, so that could be going for a walk and just turning the phone off, just being at, with nature. But it's something I, I always have to have to work on, Amy, as well. And um, and sometimes just it's not always the big wins. You know, sometimes we can be focused on the big achievements. And yes, you might crack the champagne open, and that's wonderful. But every day there's little wins, aren't there, all along the way. And I think if you want to keep your energy levels high and motivated, it's really great if you can just pause for breath and go, yeah, did all right there. Or, oh, that was a good call. 
I'll, I'll celebrate with, you know, a cup of tea and slice of cake or whatever, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's always, always a challenge for me because I'm always wanting to do more and be better and improve. And you can miss the journey if you're not careful. So with the transition of moving out of corporate, albeit that you're still involved in sort of corporate world anyway, did you yeah. find that hard to sort of set up your own businesses? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a set of different challenges, you know, and I think I think what people, when you're in a, in a corporate or in a job, you know, you're so used to the structure around that you have the resources, you might have a brilliant PA, you've got an IT department, everything works wonderfully, you know, all of that stuff. And and if you've been in that world for a long time, you, the danger is you take that for granted. Um, and it's not until you come out of out of that world that all of a sudden you go, oh, right, okay, it really is me and my laptop. So it's definitely quite a big, a big shift. And I don't think people talk about that enough, actually. Um, because a lot of that, you know, what I'll call grunt work, actually, and just getting stuff set up, the foundations, it takes time and effort. And I think sometimes, in particular in the world of property, everyone's obsessed about how many properties have you got and what's the gross development value and what refurbishments have you done? Whereas actually, even just basic things like getting the work, getting the new email address, setting up, you know, getting your business card, setting up your, your limited company, all this stuff, it takes time and effort. So I think for me, it was trying to give myself credit for a lot of that foundational stuff in the early days rather than thinking, oh, gosh, you know, I haven't done enough and I haven't got the big, shiny, you know, obvious KPIs and things to shout about yet. But it, it definitely involved a bit of a mind sh mindset shift. But I think also sometimes when the converse of that is when you're in a role for quite a long time, or in an industry for a long time, sometimes you don't realise how good you are either because that's what you do. And then when you come out of that into a new world, you go, oh, gosh, I can apply all of this, but in a maybe a much more creative way. So I think there's two sides to it. So for me, yeah, it was quite difficult at first, um, but you just have to break it down, I think, into manageable pieces. You know, what's that phrase? How do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. And if you, you know, if you, you're trying to climb the mountain, you know, you're focused on the top, that can seem quite daunting. So for me, it was all around. I'm a very practical person. You know, I like a plan <laughs> and I like to be able to feel I'm making progress against that. So it was really trying to break it down into those smaller things. And then once you've got that all in place, it's done, isn't it? You know, you can forget about that and focus on the more exciting, interesting stuff. So, yeah, it is a transition. It is a transition. And you mentioned that you're a voracious reader. Which particular books have had a big impact on your life? Oh, gosh, there's loads, really. I mean, in terms, in terms of, you know, early reading about mindset, you know, books like The Secret, I, I love that, you know, Law of Attraction, The Power of Now uh, by Eckhart Tolle. And that's a good one, actually, because it does tell you about, you know, you live it, enjoy the here and now. Don't always be so busy to rush on to the next thing. So those kind of books I've really, really loved. Um, I like autobiographies as well. I read um, Arnie Schwarzenegger's book, Total Recall. I don't know if you've read I've that. I love that. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, and I found that amazing. And, you know, again, you kind of at first you might think, God, why, well, why would Arnie be inspired by Arnold Schwarzenegger? But I absolutely was. Those kind of books um, I really enjoy. In terms of 
a fiction, well, kind of semi-fiction book. There's a great book called Shantaram. Oh, I love that book. By Gregory David Roberts. Yeah. And because I spent a lot of time in India and I understand the culture, that really kind of struck home with me. But I, I just I just love a good book. <laughs> Um, so I write a variety of stuff, really business books, you know, good to great, Jim Collins, that's a fantastic book. It's on my desk right in front of me now. <laughs> oh, there you are then. Yeah, that's great. You know, Rich Dad Poor Dad, everyone quotes that. Um, I've read just read um What It Takes by Stephen Schwartzman recently. He's the CEO and found, founder of um of Blackstone, which is the largest private equity fund in the world. Uh, but he started off very humble beginnings, you know, um, which really it was inspiring from a very business perspective. So there's never one. I mean, I've got a whole big list, really, to be honest, Amy. But you always take something away, even if some, even if you read something, you think, oh, no, I'm not quite sure that's me. There's always something in there that you think, oh, yeah, OK, I can apply that or that makes sense. And that's what I love. I find the same with podcasts, you know, don't dismiss them just because you don't know the person, that, you know, who's who's in that podcast as a guest, because actually they can often be the ones that most surprise you. So I guess that the old adage of don't judge a book by its cover can be very true. Absolutely, 100 percent. You know, and, and this, you know, you, your focus on why podcasts is brilliant because you're actually giving people a voice and, and um, a forum, if you like. And there'll be lots of people that will resonate with different, um, different, you know, guests that you've had on for different reasons, and they would never have even probably been aware of them. So I think it's wonderful. Uh, and podcasts are great, aren't they? Because you can really leverage your time as well. You can listen to them while you're running or whatever. You know, you're quite efficient. I like the efficiency things. <laughs> I think it's something that I've had a lot of feedback from, from people saying that they were really surprised listening to the different types of podcasts, different episodes, because they they didn't realize that somebody would have an impact on them and they have and been sort of reduced to tears in, in good ways. But there's been a lot of different responses. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And, and as you say, you know, we're all unique. I think that's the thing. Sometimes we're so busy comparing ourselves to other people that we forget that we're we we are all in ourselves the best person at being ourselves, <laughs> and we all have you know a unique. There's no one like us, no one like me. There's no one like you. You know we are unique, and uh, we bring a different set of experiences and knowledge and perspectives. And I think that's great. It's inspiring. So, what's next on the horizon for you, Jeanette? Well, gosh, I think I mean. I love the businesses I've got. So it's all around scaling up now. I think in particular our property business, because we, you know, we've spent a good proportion of time getting that in great shape. So it's around how do we now really achieve the big goals that we've set ourselves with with that business? Um the advisory work and the work with that, which I do, I, I'm likely to take some a couple of non-exec director positions or chair uh, chairs over the next couple of years. I would anticipate the mentoring side is, is around doing more, but how do I have a broader reach and impact there? So you know, you're inspiring me with this whole podcast um, scenario, Amy. So that might be something that I, I would embrace because I've got quite a broad network globally of interest in people, not just in the travel space, but, you know, on a different perspective. So, you know, that's something if I can have a broader reach to make a bigger impact to help people fulfill their potential, then that's sort of a big goal of mine. I have a, a, a sort of a longer term uh, vision, if you like, Amy, around connecting brilliant female business owners 
in the Western world with business entre- female entrepreneurs in developing countries. So, you know, how great would it be? A lot of the some of the work I've done in the past pro bono is working with entrepreneurs in, in say, in Thailand and in India where there's a local community business. And really that, that business is there to provide fresh water, you know, well-being, health for the, for the children in the village. And yet, you know, how fulfilling would it be for someone who's a strong businesswoman in, say, the UK to work with, to buddy up with, with that you know, female entrepreneur to really make an impact on the ground. So I've got a bigger vision around how to unlock that potential. Yeah, I was going to say that I can see that working both ways, that both parties would learn from each other. And things yeah. that we take for granted in the Western world actually would be, you know, great to adopt sort of fresh eyes again of, of how to approach business from emerging markets. Absolutely. And, and also, I think, you know, when you come down to down to you know, at the time I spent in India, you know, there are, there's a third of the population in India live on live on less than a dollar a day, and sometimes I think we 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 take so much for granted. We're so lucky um, in the Western world and the developed world that it can make us a bit arrogant and and actually lose touch with some of the really basic joyful things that are there in life so I agree I think having the opportunity to spend time and to really make a a very real impact when it comes to things like that is is amazing well I look forward to um, watching that space and seeing that happen that sounds incredible and how will people get in touch with you Jeanette what's the best way of reaching out to you Oh, so I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel, Jeanette Limfoot, so quite easy to find me. Two N's in Jeanette. I'll spare everyone spells my name wrong, so uh, that's a common problem. Um, but yeah, those are the main ways to, to reach out to me. I've also got a website, which is JeanetteLinfootAssociates.com. So you can check out all of the various things that I do there as well. Fantastic. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your why with the audience. And would you be able to leave the audience with one final message, please? I absolutely would. And my message is be brave, be bold, be brilliant. You only have one life and every single person has greatness within them. So, you know, no regrets, go all out and really push yourself beyond what you think you're capable of, because that's where the magic happens. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 